Hello, good evening and welcome to Ontario Election Radio here on CFRU 93.3 FM. My name is Scotty Hertz. And you know something? I can't even begin to tell you how uh, Lust for Life became our election theme music. <laughs> There's probably a story there somewhere, but uh, long lost a time uh, as these things go. Uh, as I said, my name's Scotty Hertz. Uh, I've managed to find my... I pulled the tarp off of the, the transmitter from West Berlin, found a couple of tubes that I needed, uh, 93.3 feet of cable, and uh, we're good to go. And I hopefully, as it has been a little while uh, since we've done this type of remote, joined on the line by Adam A. Donaldson, co-host of Open Sources Guelph, heard here Thursdays at 5 p.m. Adam, are you with us? He is not with us. Hold the phone, Adam. Hey, Donaldson, are you there? Uh, yes. Oh, there yeah. we go. See, it's just, just, <laughs> I'm brushing the rust off. You know, there's a couple of tubes I had to test and things, but, you know, we're, we're, we're good. How are you? I was here the last time you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't hear a darn thing. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> Need more, I don't know, cowbell, more barn, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, we, mm-hmm. we, we meet again, uh, and we are hopefully going to be joined by at least one or maybe two uh, special guests as the night goes on. Maybe three. I don't know. If, uh, yeah, there's a short list somewhere, and uh, I'm, you were in charge of the list, weren't you, Adam? You're going to say, no, you were, Scotty. I don't know. So. No, that's true. You were in charge of the list. I was in charge of the list, yeah, the usual. <laughs> Not showrunner, but the chase producer, whatever I am. And we're, he- we're here now, so it- it's, good- it's good to be back. This is, you know, familiar territory for us. Um, and, uh, Adam, I have to ask, are you... In the past, you've worked polls, but probably mm. not this time around. Is that correct mm, no i i did not sign up to work for because you know you, you when you uh you sign up to work for a poll i mean it's a long day it's you have oh, to yeah. be there an hour yeah. before it opens and i mean depending on how long it takes you to count stuff uh and depending on what role you play too like if you're one of the deputy returning officers you have to truck it up to the the election returning office to, uh, at the end of the day and uh, I mean that can be maybe ten o'clock, eleven o'clock by the time you're you're good to go to home. So that's I mean that's thirteen, fourteen hours. Yeah, that's a long day. Oh yeah, and I mean hopefully it was relatively trouble free. There was some uh, I saw a couple of reports of some problems uh, out out there. Um, mm. I was working today, so I didn't hear uh, too much. But it was like there was some polls relocated. Well, I think one was in Toronto. Did you hear anything about this? Yes, there were some polls that were uh, re- uh, relocated in an emergency. Um, there were some polls that had technical difficulties, trouble getting open, um, because uh, they there is a technical component. That when you people who went and voted today will know, you take your voter ID card in, they scanned it. Um, there's a QR code on it, so they scanned it uh, to to log you all in and then check your ID, and then um, the actual ballot is a Scantron ballot. So uh, there are tech issues involved in in setting up a polling place, um, and as a result, there are actually this is sort of breaking ish news about an hour ago. There are select um, polling places around the province that have a sort of extended hours depending on how quickly they were able to get open this morning so um the the latest one i can find like or sort of the latest poll that's staying open 
is actually there's two of them in uh Kiwetanug. um there's uh one of the poles there staying open till 11 and in algoma manitoulin one of the poles there is also staying open till 11. the closest one that really kind of affects our area is in cambridge Pole 26 in Cambridge closes 15 minutes late at 9.15. Um, uh, a lot of these seem to be uh, GTA-centric, so there's a couple in Etobicoke Center, uh, a couple in Mississauga East Cookville, a couple in Mississauga Lakeshore, uh, uh, four in University Rosedale, so that's like right downtown oh, Toronto. Oh, right. Um, at least one in Perth, Wellington, so that's sort of close to us. That one's going to be open till 1020. Uh, a couple in Perry Sound, Muskoka, where a lot of eyes are going to be tonight. Um, so it's... Uh, there was kind of some... Uh, it's it's not yet been fully explained, at least I have not heard uh, a full explanation yet about what the, the exact technical snafus uh, were. But um, yeah, so there, there's, uh, there were a few issues and uh other than that it's been a pretty regular ordinary election day yeah and it's well i mean i guess it's possible but it, it probably won't be that those few things will you know change what's going to happen tonight although i don't want to be the person that speaks too soon because a lot a lot can happen we always go into these things with a lot of assumptions that are usually kind of put on you from well, mostly the media not us necessarily but uh you know to hear to hear some of the the talk up until and even on today was uh you know this is a done deal like it's not what is that old line there's only one poll that counts and that's the one that's today the ones that close at nine o'clock those are the ones that count everything else is speculation and talk now there's a lot of times where that talk is usually right on but there are also mm -hmm. times where it's like hmm so of course and we love the, not necessarily the surprises on a night like this, but that's what makes it interesting when something is like, hmm, did that really happen? Because, you know, there's obviously lots of possibility uh, for that. And I guess we are sort of limited within this window of eight to nine as to what we can say, but I'm fairly sure mm -hmm. anything, you know, we've done this a few times, so we know what to say and what not to say. And actually our, our uh, resident, uh, I was going to call him the, the uh, election cop, but that's not really a good title. I don't know. Ah! Let's we'll come up with it. Our, uh, our, I guess he's the executive producer. Uh, we'll we'll be joining us shortly, I imagine, um, or maybe at nine. I'm not even sure, but uh, yeah, I, I, but yeah, yeah. So there's there's certain things we are limited to, but I've I've you know some of the commentary I've, I've been hearing today was about you know who in terms of leaders who will survive. There's definitely if we're going to make predictions and look into the. <laughs> I was gonna say crystal ball, but I prefer the magic eight ball. Uh, you know, there's there's probably gonna be some, some change at the top with certain parties, maybe more than one. Um, I think for change, uh, well, it might, let's just run through them. We might as well. For the conservatives, it would take like a, a something catastrophic for Doug Ford to lose the gig. I imagine uh, it would have to be really, really bad. And that might even uh, include a, a minority, but you know, there's some talk of that. There's a lot. There are quite a few. I was sent a list of, hey, these writings are close, and it's actually a fairly long list. So, oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of like up in the air writings, um, like a lot of sort of vacant writings um, that or writings like um, 
I can't remember. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got, I got. I actually printed off paper notes. Well, we could start with the close um, ones, like uh, Kitchener South Hespler is one, right? Is like yes, Amy Fee's writing. Yeah. Um, and she got into, I guess one might say, some legal trouble, um, which which forced her to uh, bow out of of this election. Um, so yeah, that is an open writing. Uh, also worth noting that in 2018, Amy Fee won by less than a thousand votes. Um, so it was like 16,511 for her, 15,741 uh, for uh, Fitz Vanderpool, who is the new Democratic candidate. So, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, Kitchener Conestoga, mm-hmm. um, that's uh, currently the writing currently held by Mike Harris Jr. But that was another one where he won with seventeen thousand and five votes, and the New Democratic candidate Kelly Dick had sixteen thousand three hundred and nineteen votes. And what's interesting about this writing tonight is uh, New Blue Party leader Jim Carroholios is running, so I guess uh, some people might question whether or not that's going to be a factor. And in Cambridge. Um, that's Belinda Carajolios, was a PC, uh, sitting PC MP, was uh, thrown out of the PC caucus because uh, she voted against certain emergency powers the government was giving itself, uh, helped co-found New Blue with her uh, husband, Jim Carajolios. Um, but I mean, that was another close one in 2018. She won with 17,793 votes and Marjorie Knight, who is a new democratic candidate, got 15,639 votes. So about 2000 votes there, uh, difference. Um, and again, could Belinda Carajolios be a spoiler for progressive conservative candidate Brian Riddell in Cambridge and thus creating opportunity for, either the liberal candidate or the new democratic candidate that's um that's one of these questions we're going to deal with tonight yeah and as we know i mean things get redrawn every time it's always it's usually a scratch job but it's also in some writings for example let's just say i don't know guelph it's uh, it can be easy to predict or easier to predict or try to predict uh, what what may happen, and uh, but then again, I don't want to speak too soon either. But we we will see what happens. And mm-hmm. uh, as mentioned, I'm, I'm pleased we are now joined by the Christopher Curry aforementioned. Hello. Although I did not say his name. How are you doing, Christopher? <laughs> I am doing. Can you hear me first? Yes, we can. Yes, mic check. Okay. Uh, mic check Very on the good. fly. So yeah. Um, I am doing fairly well at this point. I cast my ballot. My ballot. Uh, it was valid, and I cast it some hours ago. Uh, and um, I am looking forward to uh, calling the results as they come in. Right on. Uh, by the way, uh, I apologize for being a little bit late. Uh, it's uh, one of those issues that before two years ago wasn't a thing. I had some problems finding the Zoom link. Uh, our lives have changed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I did tune in just in time to hear you describe me as the election cop or words to that effect. Oh, man. We're so That's fired. Yeah I, I, no, yeah, I... I I was trying to think of a more elegant way to put that in terms of you're the one that keeps us in our place if we are about to overstep. And I didn't just mean with the, uh, you know, the, the language issue, but the... The things you can and can't say before the polls are closed. So we were we're Let's sort of just say that uh, I'm familiar with CRTC rulings and uh, yeah, 
uh, am I have a certain responsibility for upholding this? Because it used to be when we were in person, you would just get the look, and then you would know, right? You would know and say, okay, don't, just go in a different direction. But uh, we yeah. can't. We can't really. Well, I, I could turn my camera on, I guess, but I, I'm uh, uh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, uh, gonna... at this point, for a variety of reasons. Free, free um, the bandwidth. We need to keep the bandwidth as freed up yeah. as possible, I suppose. But uh, um, yes. So. Just as, as I uh, came in, Adam was talking about the number of open ridings locally. Uh, one thing that really caught my attention as I was just looking over the uh, different ridings in the province and uh, familiarizing myself with who was running where uh, for, for this uh, election special, I was very surprised to note the number of incumbent conservative MPPs who are not running again. And uh, most polls have shown the Conservatives uh, well in the lead. We don't know if those polls are accurate yet, but I can I can say that that has been the reporting um, that uh, the province has seen thus far. And normally under those circumstances, especially when a government is only completing its first term, you wouldn't really see that many retirements. Uh, maybe if some people who've been there for, you know, multiple terms and just want to pass off the seat safely to someone else, that could happen. But I have a feeling there's more than that happening this time somehow. And maybe this this points to, um, I'm looking for the right phrasing. Uh, let's say divisions beneath the surface uh, mm. in the ranks of the Conservative Party. Not so much uh, maybe even in terms of ideology, but in terms of leadership preference. Uh, maybe some people who were, were hoping the party might drift in another, another direction four years ago have at least for the time being given given up on that particular hope. Well, I thought it was interesting. That, 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 that's speculation. Yeah. That's speculation. I thought it was interesting too that they've lo- they lost uh, nine people before the election even happened, right? There was uh, the change-ups with, like, Hillier is a good example. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm, and I'm obviously going to not remember all of them, but there was some switching around. Some people had gone independent. Um, they literally were losing members left and right. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, <laughs> um, it's huge. It's, that's, a, that's a massive number. I, I, I don't ever recall uh, seeing a loss that high and as you said with with people not coming back it's like as soon as an incumbent goes it's you know it's fair game to anyone at that point well certain writings aren't but there are lots well there were people sorry sorry christopher just you know there were people like belinda caraholios roman baber randy hillier who (laughs) you know were kind of thrown out of the party for lack of a better term um and then you have people like amanda simard who uh she reti- she's now a liberal candidate. She's running for re-election as the liberal candidate in Glengarry Prescott Russell, um, who was uh, had those some of those ideological frictions with with Doug Ford, like very early on the the whole thing with the canceling the French language university and um, canceling the the francophone. I can't remember the exact job title, but like the francophone language commissioner. Um, and then there's people like Lindsay Park. Um, who resigned under this fog of, you know, uh, did I get a doctor's note that said I couldn't be vaccinated or didn't I, or did it get lost on Doug Ford's desk and, and what have you? Um, Rick Nichols, who was a longtime PC candidate who was expelled because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, yeah, the vaccine one, yeah. And then there's <laughs> like, like Todd Phillips was 
this was his first term. He comes in. He's a cabinet minister. He's disgraced. He comes back as a cabinet minister, and then he's like, "Okay, I've had enough. Back to the private sector for me." Um, it's 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 the a mayor of Saint Barthes. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just like there, there's a potpourri of this. I I do wonder um, how much of this is is how much of this speculation does turn out to be real. Uh, there might be a real interesting book uh, to come out about all this oh, yeah. sometime in the future, but um, I don't. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens uh, tonight. I mean, the Hillier seat in Lanark, Frontenac, Kingston is probably safely going to be safely blue again. But, I mean, there are places like York Center, um, you know, uh, you know, Cambridge, places that have been red before might be red again. You know, who knows what might happen. Or orange, as the case or orange. Or orange, yes, yes, that's true. And, uh, well, to turn to the other leaders just for a bit, since we're on the topic, we've gone from Ford to, uh, well, let's let's go with Del Duca next, I suppose. I, I'm, I, the speculation is if, if he, there's, there's a massive improvement required there, pretty much official opposition. Or, uh, and if he does, there's there's massive speculation that he may not even win his seat, although he had previously mm-hmm. held, he's been away for a while. Uh, so th- there's a combination of things going on there. If he, if he makes serious gains but doesn't win his seat, he'll probably be okay. It'll be a bit rough. This, this is just me speculating now, folks. This isn't like a solid. It's like, <laughs> well, you know. Um, but if it's both of those things that he doesn't win his seat and that liberals don't make significant gains this time up 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 into official opposition i suppose the ultimate would be some kind of minority position put it this way if he doesn't get a bunch of seats he's probably toast At well least. i think official party status might well know, yeah would do the trick yeah <laughs> maybe they've come up with some kind of internal like uh bar to hit like okay so we can be official again uh, and get all the stuff that goes with that then fine but um and so, then there's so andrea the horvath yeah. as well this is looking like her last run at it. It's her Waterloo, yeah. I haven't heard otherwise. Although I did hear one juicy rumor that she may run for the mayor of Hamilton, and that is just strictly from the the socials. But, hey, you never yeah. know, right? That is a juicy rumor. Mm-hmm. That is entirely possible. Uh, she, at one point, was a member of Hamilton City Council. Yeah, she cut course, her teeth uh, there, many, right? Many yeah. years back. Uh, yes. Uh, actually, she first ran federally in 1997. I remember this because I voted for her on that occasion. Um, oh, you were down there. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, afterward was elected to council, was was generally seen uh, as uh, e- even her ideological opponents regarded her as one of the stronger members of council at that point. Uh, and uh, it's it's entirely possible. I I could see her challenging for that role. I people have remarked upon the fact that the NDP campaign this time around never really seemed to take fire the way it could have. Uh, I don't know how much of this can be put uh, at Horvath's door specifically. Uh, it was an unusual, uh, I guess series of events that brought the party to official opposition uh, opposition status last time around and um uh, again uh I, I i made the point at the time that i wasn't sure if horvath was the person best positioned to bring the party to the next level beyond that uh it was I, i'm not this is not meant as a disparagement. It was sort of an accident that she took the party to official opposition status. It was, again, unusual events taking place. Um, 
and did she uh, was she best positioned to take the party um, higher than that I don't know for sure um, some would say not it's looking like um, regardless of how I mean if the NDP does it spectacularly well she may have little choice but to stay on even if her preference would be to stand aside to run for mayor of Hamilton um, but um, but more likely um, this this is the final run for her I would agree with that Adam? Yeah, the thing about yeah. yeah, I was just to say the thing about Dal Duca is he's he's running in Von Woodbridge, which um, and, and I'm not sure why he he chose this because considering I mean it wasn't even close in in 2018 it was uh, Michael T- Tabolo 21,687 to Dal Duca's 13,742, so it was like 50 and a half percent to 32 uh, percent. That's I mean that's a blowout in. In, in sort of these political terms, so I, I'm not sure why he would go back to Von Woodbridge, as opposed to maybe going to, um, it's, I think it's Don Valley West. That's like Kathleen Wynne's riding, uh, since she's resigning. That I think they're probably that would probably have been an option that would have made more sense. Um, but it, it is it is what it is, and uh, I think I think it, it's one of those situations. Is like, that, are the liberals going to want to go through a whole? a whole other leadership challenge um coming off of this or maybe if you know can they can they sort of build on del duca's success um if they achieve um a higher a higher number of of seats this time sorry go ahead well they are going to achieve a higher number of seats most people expect that yeah um even i mean just a a general bounce back some of the accidental seats that the tories or maybe in some cases the ndp won from them last time when the when the liberal vote was especially low uh Mm -hmm. some of those are going to come back that's not in and of itself going to be enough to save Del Duca's job if that's all that happens. And I, I don't think there'll be a leadership challenge. I, I think it's possible that uh, if the numbers aren't great overall, if the Liberals are still in third place, that he may simply resign of his own accord. Yeah, I mean, does that make sense, though? If if Hor- I mean, I, it's going to be interesting watching this. Like, does Hor- do the NDP go like below the what do they have now? Thirty eight seats. Um, if they go below below thirty eight seats, I think there's going to be a pretty loud demand that Horvath step aside. Um, and at that point, are the Liberals going to say, "Well, maybe Del Duca should step aside too"? I mean, are, are we, you, you want to essentially leave both these parties leaderless? I mean, it's, it's, it would almost feel like in that scenario, Mike Schreiner automatically becomes the official opposition leader just by default, which mm-hmm. I'm sure Mike wouldn't mind, but um, I'm not sure the NDP and liberals would think that's great either. So there may be this like photo finish of like which one of which in the midst of whatever success the NDP and the liberals have tonight, which one of them essentially failed harder. <laughs> And it's 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. And you know what that means. The beow, polls. Beow, beow, beow. That's the effect I was looking for. Re-election for Guelph. Oh, I didn't have to think you'd up. We Are we going to declare a winner right away like everybody else will? Like there's already someone out there that said conservatives take... Well, Ontario. I, I just, I just congrat. People talked over this. I just congratulated Mike Schreiner on his. Re-election. I know you, you beat everybody to the punches. 
Yes. And that's um, all we have time for tonight. My name is <laughs> Yeah, no, my name is Scotty Hertzstow, and you are listening to Ontario Election 2022 here on <laughs> CFRU. That's it, my brother. That's it. <laughs> Oh man, I was I was sort of in the zone there, and then but yeah, I can't really do it by mouth. Um, keep that handy because we're gonna need that probably. Do you have oh, sad trombone it? as well? Please tell me you have sad trombone. Well, who will get the happy horn and who will get the sad trombone tonight? We are going to find out. As I said, see for you ninety three point three FM. Thank you so much for joining us because I know there are a lot of people that just come at nine o'clock. Uh, I do have the 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 price not the prices right the. Um the Family Feud soundboard here is still queued up. Ah, cool. This year. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I was having some uh, technical problems with a couple of wires there. So, But, you know, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, so the polls have closed. We hope you have voted. And as uh, Christopher was saying there, if you're still on the line listening to us, it's like, hang in there. Don't walk away. We're with you. Ah, that's like, this is my old phone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Nortel phone. Uh, I was using it up until last week. No, not true. So, Ontario votes. Uh, there are precisely no numbers in yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, well, actually, yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah. The Democrats you... are leading in two, apparently. Oh. And which two are those? I wonder. With I with uh, I'm going to say Hamilton. Hamilton uh, Center, maybe Andrea Horvath's writing. What do people think is going to happen in Hamilton East, uh, where Paul Miller was expelled from the party? Oh, that is, that is Ooh, going to be interesting, because I, th- I think the uh, union at Stelco were backing him. Uh, the NDP are ahead in Sudbury. Oh, and uh, Sudbury. anyone who's a... Sudbury, which yeah. which they have already. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone who is uh, a diehard NDP supporter, take a screenshot of this. The NDP are leading in Richmond Hill with one poll report. <laughs> that reminds uh, me of what that night when... Uh, 1997. Drew, I know what you're going to say. No, no. When oh, when oh, Drew no, Garvey was on top, because I guess the poll had his people, Drew Garvey, the communists were the, on top. I think he did take a picture of it. Well, I, I was going to uh, refer to one time before then when uh, the Marxist-Leninist party uh, was reported on the CBC as being in the lead for Mississauga East Cooksville. <laughs> that was in 1997. They won one poll, presumably the poll where the candidate and uh, members of his immediate family were located, um, and it was the first poll to report. So the Marxist-Leninists have, on one occasion, been leading or elected in one seat in a Canadian general election. Uh, they they can say that. Um, I don't think the NDP are going to win Richmond Hill, um, but they are currently ahead uh, there and in Sudbury, and I think those may be the only two polls that have reported, uh, two poll, one in each uh, riding thus far. There we go. Yeah, it looks like the New Democrats are going to take it with 42% of the vote right now, but an hour from now, that's probably going to be a little bit different, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, in the in the big picture, there is a small chance that the conservatives might fall to a minority, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the mm. uh, the the direction of the uh, of the polling late in the campaign was in favor of the progressive conservatives. It is much more likely they will increase their seat total um, and win a majority government. I would be interested 
in the results um, of the following polling question. Are you in favor of Doug Ford receiving a second consecutive majority government? Uh, if that question were asked right now, I am not certain that a majority would say yes. Um, I, I think that Doug Ford is, for a number of reasons, one of which is COVID, quite lucky in the way things have worked out for him. Um, but irrespective of how we got to this conclusion, pretty clearly the Conservatives are going to win a majority, um, most likely. Uh, there, there's an outside chance that won't happen. But um, well, That would be the upset we were talking about. I, th I don't think yeah. you had joined yet, Christopher, but it said that. It's like there, you know, there's always what we think will happen and weird things that may happen I, in true. terms of, like the federal election last year was an example of just like, this is probably exactly how we all thought this was going to go. This one may be slightly different in places, but yeah, you're not. It's I not mean, too it's far unusual off to, to say that. throw out a provincial government after one term. That's pretty. Like, you have to be Bob Ray level hated for that to happen. And that was a case where it was unexpected that he'd be elected in the first place, of course. And that's so, true, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do think i mean uh one of uh one of uh, voltaire's famous lines was may you be blessed in your choice of enemies um <laughs> doug ford certainly lucked out on this occasion um i'm not necessarily blaming stephen del duca on a personal level but the liberal campaign gave the impression of being disorganized uh from day one and um if they manage to get back to official opposition status it will basically be against well, I, against I'm, the I'm odds looking, yeah. well not not against the odds it's not what i mean uh uh it will be uh not for want of uh trying to muddle it somehow um but um yeah, um, I, I don't know why the NDP campaign wasn't better than it was, but uh, for whatever reason, it never really... I um, I, I think it's because they just run it the same way every time. They yeah. just do keep doing the same thing. And then when there's a gain, like there was in the last election for them, but also we saw it, I think, to some degree with the Orange Crush, which was also a surprise... In Quebec, uh, of course, you mean in 2011. Yeah, exactly. Ta speaking yeah. federally, but, you know, there's overlap, obviously. They are the only party that kind of, you belong to both, right? You, you can't belong separately. You're NDP, you're NDP. Um, that, uh, and then didn't sort of ride with that. But they, th I wouldn't say it was well, the mistake, well, was but the talk then, mistake. well. I don't know if. Uh, sorry, what was that? That was that was in part because of Jack Layton's death. I don't know if I'd really say that was just part. But that's not the only reason, but and that's that's something commented on quite a bit this time around too. Is that you know we do forget that it's that you're not. People say I'm voting for Doug Ford. Well, you're not. I'm voting for Andrew Horvath. You're not right. But it it, it almost doesn't matter now. I think there was a time in Canadian politics where that people were well, aware of that division, and it'd be like, no, you are actually voting for this thing of policies and along those lines too while i'm thinking about it did a pc poly doc policy document drop at all no 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 there was no i mean I, you could say that the budget was the policy document but i mean that's well i suppose yeah and they did say that you'll be voting cool, on this but, budget but yeah when did yeah. when was the last time you heard the budget word Probably no, when it dropped. The first polling Guelph. I need. I need to announce oh. this. The first polling Guelph is in. Mike Schreiner has sixty-three percent of the vote. Wow. Well, we can just call it a night then. No. <laughs> I. I um, <laughs> joking aside, though. I mean, 
people are animated by passion, either passion positively, like we're really excited about this leader, or passion negative, like we really hate this leader. Um, in 2018, it was a passionate hate for Kathleen Wynne and the liberals, like 15 years of governance, like no matter whether it was you did good, bad or indifferent, you know, it's going to wear on people and people are going to want uh, to see a change. Um, Doug Ford, I don't, I don't think anybody's really passionate about Doug Ford. No. I mean, I saw some pictures from inside some rallies. He did one in Kitchener where it didn't seem like people were particularly animated. Um, that's because they were getting COVID because they didn't have masks on. There's a question that I've been kind of pondering, mm-hmm. and it's a question that might seem to have an obvious answer, but maybe not. Uh, and hear me out on this point again. How long does Doug Ford expect to stay in power or hope to stay in power? I'm now, so glad you asked this because I wanted to double check with you. Weren't, did, did, was it not you who predicted in 2018 that he would not last the full term? I, I, I probably did. did, and I, I probably said that it was because of uh, it would be an internal party revolt that would bring him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it hadn't been for COVID, maybe that would have happened still. We don't know. But um, <laughs> against the odds, he has managed to uh, keep the divisions in the party behind the scenes. Uh, and again, that's largely, I think, be- because of COVID as well. And, and um, the, um, you know, take charge image he was able to project himself on, on everyone's television screen or computer screen uh, for, for about two years. But okay, here's, here's why I'm posing that question. Mm-hmm. Um, when Mike Harris came to power in the 1990s, I was told something very interesting by someone I knew who was uh, kind of a PC party. He had connections to the inside uh, workings of the PC party at that point. He told me that Harris would probably not be in power for all that long, that there'd be an election, you know, a re-election rather, he'd get back in power, and then he'd resign partway through. Um, The idea was that the sort of conservatism that Mike Harris represented was, in effect, being contracted by the, ironically, by the party uh, for basically a term and a half to... um, Right, the ship. Take the party in a more extreme direction than than might have been the case under normal circumstances, at least on economic issues, not necessarily on social issues. Um, and that the idea was that after that six or seven year period was over, the Harrisites would be phased out and the party would return to something more like a, a reasonable conservative party. When Harris actually did resign six and a half years into his reign, I was not completely surprised. I thought back to what that person and said and realized I guess this is the worm turning on that front uh, and Mike Schreiner has been declared re-elected by the way no, oh. no one's going to be surprised about that I'm sure uh, the CBC is projecting him as having won in Guelph okay now here's where I'm going with all this might seem like I'm rambling a bit bear with me um, does Doug Ford expect that his party will be in power only on a short-term basis or does he have the longer term in mind uh, that's a real question. If it's like Mike Harris's second term, and this is seen as only a short-term thing, there could be a case of just trying to bust up the province more while you have the chance, which is what Harris did, basically, during that time. If, on the other hand, Doug Ford sees this as maybe more of a legacy project, mm. well, we might end up seeing some of the 
let's say, more unhinged elements of uh, his um, past uh, policy, or, or, or that's not the best way of putting it, but uh, uh, the more, <laughs> let's say, poorly thought out uh, aspects of his uh, policy direction being phased out as well. Uh, in other words, um, if, if he sees this as something that could last for a longer period of time, there may be less reason to risk it with, say, appeasing the campus conservatives with a student choice initiative or, or something to that effect as I, well. Um, I, just, just a thought. I don't think he has that kind of vision. Well, I, get the impre- I, I agree. I, I agree. get the impression with Doug Ford that it's somebody else guiding it. Right, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know some of the reports and the uh, that oppo about the 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 Russian influence dropped a little bit late, uh, it is an evolving story um, involving Frank Keys among others. Uh, I've never ever felt that Doug Ford was acting on his even from his speeches or anything that he does. He is a he is a puppet of corporate interests, in my opinion. And as, as, like, for Mike Harris, opportunity presented itself out in the world, as we know, he's a, it's Chartwell, right, that he's on the board, and his wife with um, Nurse Next Door. So they created opportunities for themselves, went and took those opportunities and went to boards of directors, as lots of political people do. Doug Ford doesn't have to do that. He can go back to Deco and be quite happy and if he wanted to. I don't I don't I don't know if he aspires for anything beyond beyond this. Adam, I remember you saying it ages ago about how much he hated being on Toronto City Council. It was almost as if he was doing that to be the protector of his brother, who was a bigger fool than Doug Ford is that and that's you know well that's the thing right it, it's it, it, him getting back into I think when he got into politics back in 2018 when he filed to run for mayor against John Tory or, or when he was planning to file uh to run for mayor against, against John Tory that was like spite that was like you beat me now I'm gonna try and beat you and then him running for the PC leadership was part spite it's like i'm gonna do the thing john tory couldn't but it was also part of like this this mythology around rob that one day rob ford was going to be the prime minister of canada which was absolutely 100 <laughs> percent never going to come to pass because rob was miserable as mayor he would have been miserable as premier or a provincial politician like their father was miserable as a provincial politician too oh yeah and that's oh, and, and, and that's like something that i don't i think they have sort of written out of the family mythology the higher you go in politics um the, the kind of the further away you get from people essentially in terms of like dealing with people on a day-to-day basis on the ground which is where rob ford liked dealing with people fixing their street fixing their sidewalks or you know whatever their issue was that was where rob ford lived he th- there is a mythology in the ford family that he was on his way to the highest office in the land and that was never going to come to fruition because he probably would have well let's just say his mental health probably would not have survived the trip so i mean it barely survived him being mayor of toronto so at this point i think yeah i i just i I do not see that dimension to doug ford as someone who's like has plans for things i mean there was a famously in the pandemic when he got COVID 19 there was a picture of him 
like, look, here's Premier Ford working on a laptop. He had to get a laptop so he could keep working as Premier. And in that picture is a man sitting in front of a laptop, but holding a pen and paper in his hand. That's right. <laughs> Does this seem like someone with a plan? So anyway, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to CFRU 93.3 FM. This is our Ontario election night coverage. Joined by Adam A. Donaldson, the Christopher Curry, and very pleased to be also joined just in from the pitch, uh, Nora Loretto, coming from Quebec City, Quebec, I believe, tonight. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. How are you all? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I, 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 I got to play soccer tonight, so I'm just catching up with all the results right now. I understand that Guelph is uh, holding on to its current guy. <laughs> Still green. Still green. Um, and uh, what a bunch of work he's going to have cut out for him with um, such an enormous conservative caucus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not actually sure where it's going to go. I mean, Mike always says that he'll work with anyone, but I mean, we will see, right? It's yeah, he's yeah. and uh, yeah. Way to essay our nightmare, though, Nora. Nora. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the fabled Perry Samuskoka didn't come to fruition either. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but it no, just, I know. Well, just didn't people happen. like. You know what? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do a quick like summary on my on my shocking um, pieces tonight. Um, I, I cannot believe Jean Bisson is losing in Timmins, and it looks like he's lost his seat. Mm-hmm. I think that's very wild, and it looks like also the NDP's lost at um, Thunder Bay, Atacokan, and uh, Beaches East York. Uh, very happy to see Jill Andrew uh, seems to be holding her seat in St. Paul in Toronto. She's NDP MPP. I haven't looked too much in Southwestern Ontario, um, and so if you got stuff that you got things going on let me know but um it's something else to see the conservatives do so well after the last four years isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. well they took uh windsor tecumseh and essex too so that that's two losses there for the for the ndp um yeah a little bit of a route there because that's i they, I mean, they did concentrate some resources and spend some time down there, right? Like they, of all the places that uh, Doug Ford went, that was one of them that was you know duly noted, right? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm heading down here to well, and, and that was how it worked too, right? Same with Hamilton a bit, although that was only I don't know if that if the Paul Miller thing can be considered. It, it is a loss, but is that I don't know. That's not the, like a massive. That wasn't totally unexpected, right? No. Um, but I do see that uh, Laura Maylindo is leading, which is wonderful, with 73% of the vote in. And that certainly looks like it's going to hold. Mm-hmm. And um, and and also uh, two upsets in Brampton. Sarah Singh uh, looks to be losing her seat. That's oh. definitely going to hold. And Gertan Singh as well, who's, of course, Jagmeet's brother, uh, has lost his seat too. Oh, we, missed, we uh-huh. actually missed yeah. those two. But yeah, wow, that's, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm running through my old stomping grounds. That's how I do these things. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> rightly so. And you heard about Georgetown, I guess, yeah. That's well, Wellington, Wellington Hall Hills, sorry to be you know, more formal, but yeah. I know. Ted, I have Ted Ernest is back. Of course Ninth he's back. term. Ninth term, baby. Ninth I know. term. He, he's, um, it's funny because Georgetown, like back in the day when I was a kid, Georgetown was merged with Milton, right? And so oh, we yeah. were represented for years by Ted Chudley at the provincial level, uh, of course, of Chudley's Apple Farms. Um, 
And uh, when we were when we and then and then federally were represented by liberals by Julian Reed for years, um, and then so when the the riding became uh, Wellington Halton Hills, I mean we were attached to like basically it's the whole area around Guelph, right? Like Guelph is in the middle of the riding, mm-hmm. yep. and so like I had no. F- idea i've never even heard of some of the towns on the other side of the riding because i was so like georgetown acton milton that was my world my high school was in milton i was in georgetown um and, and so of course michael chong has dominated that and then arnett um had always had that seat and so when it merged with georgetown he had no problem uh, assuming it now he's been the speaker so he you know has this very um bureaucratic role and when i was a student uh, activist I, I i would meet with him all the time because i was from georgetown and um and, and he's a very solid conservative politician like exactly the kind of guy that you would expect would be successful did he call you young woman at any point? i don't know I just no, he, wasn't, he wasn't like that i have to say like of all i've got some pretty like terrible uh, stories of some of these losers um I, i'm like see i know the crtc is listening so i'm gonna try to really- uh so it's after 10 you know <laughs> although our our producer main producer is listening so he's here so ah, okay i'll i'll keep it clean right on um, but ted always ted was actually always very uh pleasant um and and actually like even compared to ted chudley who i also knew as a teenager not like that um although he i know a lot of girls that did unfortunately have very negative experiences at the chili apple farm but anyway uh that was well known in, in the high school um but he yeah he's a nice guy i have to say um i, I never hated meeting with him and that oh. actually says a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. well he was also elected young yeah you know he so i mean i guess there was easier for him to relate back in the day but i mean he's 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 definitely sort of the elder statesman of the of of the the legislature now now on to nine terms and probably likely to come back as speaker too do they have yeah, that in queen's park the father of the house they has another name right the the most seasoned hmm. person well he can't be it because there's um because what's his name from uh, uh uh not oxford from uh one of the ridings outside of london ernie hardiman hardiman oh. yeah ernie. that's right um he's he's rerun which <laughs> <laughs> Although I think that he was also elected in 1990, I, th- I think they were first elected in the same year. I may be wrong. Oh, Hi, I'm okay. Christopher, by the way. I- I'm just uh, rechecking this point uh, now. Um, oh, so it's only yeah. So he's the he's the longest running from 19. Oh, continuous, I guess. 1990. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it had to be someone Actually, out that way. I would imagine. Hello. So. Uh, Ernie Hardiman, first elected 1995. Uh, Ted Arnett has uh, greater longevity than he does. Uh, Gilles Bisson, by the way, whom you mentioned was defeated, was also uh, from the class of 1990 along with Ted Arnett. I think this might, in fact, make Arnett the longest-serving member. I I could be mistaken, but I I think he might be now. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose we should try and get him on at some point, but... Adam's gonna say I had him on the show. Is that right, Adam? You, you've... Here's the story. Um, <laughs> I Ted or not Ted or not ran his campaign website. I mean, this is how little he has to think about campaigning. His campaign website was directly tied to the main party website, and there was like no contact information for his campaign. So I literally phoned conservative 
headquarters and said, I'm a member of the media. I'm trying to see if I can get an interview with Ted or not. And they took my information. And somebody from the media department emailed me and said, like, hey, are you trying to in- you want to interview Ted or not? And I was like, yes, I would. Thank you. And I gave all the specs for the Wellington Halton Hills Politicast, which is a little subset of my podcast that I do. And um, a-, a day later, the same person got back to me and said, sorry, Ted's not available. Peace out. So... Ted doesn't do local media. Sorry, yeah. Who that's, knows? Uh, but no that, website, that a, eh? There you, there you go. I, I bet that he, wasn't a that, that wasn't a great story, but it is a story. So yeah, was he taking any media? Or was he ditching as well? He Probably. did. He did media. I, I, there was a very long interview with him with CBC Kitchener, I think. Yeah, that's uh, right. And and it's interesting too because you listen to him. You know, the, all of these guys they talk so disconnected from their party's policies right mm. and so he's, he's very concerned about the cost of housing he's very concerned about affordability he's very concerned that um that rents are too high right and you're just like okay so then like why why are you causing the problems <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i it's it's interesting because he did. He also did take part in a couple of debates, in, and and this could speak to just the size of the riding. I'm not sure any one candidate in Wellington Alton Hills was at all the. I mean, I wasn't paying terribly close attention, but there were some debates that the Green Party candidate Ryan Caro missed. There were some debates that the Liberal Party candidate Tom Tacos, who ran for the NDP in Toronto the last couple of elections, which was interesting. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I guess it could be speaking to just the the size of the running but i mean i will say that for ted Arnott is that he was a little he he wasn't completely following the standing orders from hq which was to not do publicity essentially right yeah and, and you know and he can he can do what he wants right like sure it's like it's so it's interesting because this whole this whole controversy around doug ford not doing media like there's nothing in it for him to do media hmm. like no his audience is not going to be swayed by it. It's only going to be gotcha moments. We know that it, he's not going to get the message that he wants out there. And so who like, anyway, like who's surprised by any of that? No one is surprised by that. Obviously. I thought he was going to punch out Sean O'Shea the other day with that. <laughs> that had, was something else. And Sean is a great journalist, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's get that old school. Just get right in there. Now, Norm, before you came on, we were talking a bit about the leaders that are going to survive. We know Doug's a lock, obviously, but the other two. What's what's your take on that? Do you think this is after after four rounds that Andrew Horvath is actually done? I feel I've had this conversation before. I don't know, but she she has to be done. Has to has to has to be done because, like, I mean, this was this was. Um, she should have been done, and I've been I've been writing about this mm-hmm. for years. She should have been done easily. She should have been done in two thousand and eight. I think she should have been done after twenty fourteen. Uh, two elections is is enough time uh, to demonstrate whether or not she's connected with people. And she, I mean, she's just so boring, you know. And oh. Not that you have to be not boring, but you know, like when she came out in twenty eleven and and tried to reinvent herself as having this like high heel shoe as a symbol. Oh yeah, the orange shoe. I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I made I lost so many friends over that whole controversy because I was like, this is the literal most like you cannot tell me this woman wears these shoes like period you cannot tell me she's walking around in Queens Park wearing those shoes I know a lot of women do one of them is not Andrea freaking Horvath right 
And um, and that just said to me that there was going to be no authenticity with what we were going to be given from her. And here we are four elections later. And it's the same. It's the same problem because the platform was better this year. It still wasn't audacious enough. It still didn't respond enough to the, the, to the pandemic. Um, but they probably would have done better had they had a merit styles in there or uh, I don't know, like <sighs> Butila Karposh or. I mean, even Joel Harden would be an interesting choice. Um, so, yeah, it, it, she's she's well, well, well past her expiry date, and the party is paying for that. Uh, now, that's not the only reason why the, the results are the, the way that they are, but, I mean, I think it's a big part of it. You guys thought I was rough on Andrea Horvath. Oh, yeah. Yes. Open out both barrels there. Um, thank, and Thank you, Nora, for having my back. That's what I'll yeah, say. It's so important, right? Yeah. And as, as for Del Duca, is that he's just done? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you got to have charisma to lead a party, right? <laughs> I mean, a small scoop, a tablespoon a small, would, would like have just covered it. Yeah. Something to tie a string to your lip while you're talking so that it looks like <laughs> you're not staring at it all the time. I mean, it's like, you know, you don't have to be an attractive person to, to run. I mean, Doug Ford is clearly demonstrating that. Um, but yeah, like, there's just. You know, that leadership race was so confusing because there were better candidates and mm. they went with him. And it was like, what the I, I mean, I know that this is going to be the person that's the, the, the stopgap while you're trying to rebuild your party. But huh. he's so off putting like there's nothing on off putting about him. <laughs> I, I didn't understand the blue vest. Like, why are you yeah. going? Why are you going blue? Don't yeah. go blue, or the vest for that matter. But yeah, the the blue is like ah, I don't know. It's I mean that, I get the people there are vest people out there for sure. <laughs> like that's a kind of person, and yeah. he's a vest person. Yeah, and Which is it's fine. not taking enough attention away from his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> having having said all that, so it's like I I haven't seen anybody concede like saying they're stepping down yet. But I, I no, and yeah, I, I don't think they wait. will. I mean. I think yeah, I think that they're all going to want to be hung over for a little bit and mm. still be the leader and whatever and maybe get ready for it. But, the, the you know, the NDP certainly is not the kind of party to announce this tonight. I would be honestly very shocked if they did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that um, that they're definitely heading into a leadership race. Uh, there's definitely interesting candidates. Will it make a lick of difference with the party? Well, no, because it's super structural and they need to lose a lot of people before anything actually changes there. Yeah, so I had been saying that earlier, how they just seem to be, they just do the same thing every election, right? We've, you know, for that period, for the, well, let's call it the Horvath period. It's just, it's, there's, there's no, nothing. I was saying, Brenda Karahelios is the last person I saw in shoes like you're describing there when she was leaving uh, the legislature after the, the vax kerfuffle. And I don't know why I thought that, but they were like, I don't well, not sure it. how she was navigating those stairs with those shoes on us. I can't believe this is like, we've, we've gone to the fashion. <laughs> it's, this is G talk nightly. It finally happened. <laughs> well, Nora, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, as a woman, you only wear high heels with the point of making sure there's being seen, you being seen wearing them, right? They're not a, they're not an everyday shoe, right? <laughs> you know what? I have toe arthritis, and so I literally oh. cannot wear high heel shoes anymore. And so, um, I, I'm, I, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of them. Uh, I have worn them in the past. I have definitely had very high heel shoes, and they are for me something that I wear. Yes, to be seen. They look really nice. They're cool. I'm not wearing them to work every day, though. If you go to Queen's Park, almost all the women there are. 
it's exactly really exactly um but i am a i am a flat shoe person uh these days sadly <laughs> note to politicians sensible shoes all the way no matter who you are just just do oh, it yeah just do it yeah, yeah. it's yeah, do do what you like. Own it, and if you're like sad like me and having toe arthritis, I mean it is what it is. <laughs> and how does that go on the pitch? We, we've totally diverged here, but I was like, does it affect your game at all? It does a little bit. So it's my left foot, um, and uh, the way that it manifests itself is that like I can't lift my big toe off the floor. Mm. Like I, nothing I can do lift off the floor, wow. and yeah, um, and so so it's like quite like the bone. Like there's no cartilage anymore, so there's like quite a bump at the at my toe knuckle, which is something I hate saying toe knuckle i think is gross toe knuckle. um but yeah but um if i don't wear my orthotics it feels like my foot is literally broken um but with my orthotics it's fine and if you can believe it soccer does not hurt it um mm, i can't it's, it, it's it's really funny it's more it's more injured by my winter boots than it is by my soccer playing unless someone jumps on my foot then Ooh. i have a solid five minutes of, of, of severe pain <laughs> yeah that's why I, I had to pack it in after a broken one but i can't believe we've turned to sports in the middle of all this but yeah that's <laughs> it's all right yeah um, this was another great episode of noral loretto's foot on CFRU. <laughs> that's right for the hour we have yeah <laughs> not know, quite <laughs> So okay uh, to 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 get back to this I guess what uh, there's no shift in the numbers is there no no it's just no. 80 29 9 and two One. ones the the independent that Christopher was was talking about who we will probably track down at some point This in, in Hall of Norfolk you're talking about who is the yes. game, Christopher? What was the? Um, I I don't have Bobby her name Ann in front Brady. of me. Like, who is this person? That's the question, the burning question, right? It's like Bobby Ann Brady. The uh, the crack research I've done so far has uh, indicated that she's basically, as far as I can tell, running as an independent conservative. She was an uh, assistant to former progressive conservative MPP Toby Barrett for many years. Um, it seems that the distinction between her and the official progressive conservative candidate is not so much ideological, from what I can tell, uh, as maybe just a case of personalities. Um, right. Uh, this is just, you know, extrapolation from, from quick research. There could be more to the story than this. That's really great. Thank you for that. And that's so freaking weird. <laughs> I, have a feel I have a feeling we're going to be hearing more about that story in the weeks to come. Yeah, yeah no. Assuming she wins. I don't think she's been declared as the winner yet. No, no, 1,790 votes. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, like she's pretty much got that. That's that's a, that's a solid hold, I would say. I wonder if she's actually a known in the community, though, somehow. Like, wouldn't you have to be to get that level? Yeah. yeah. One would yeah. think. She runs yeah. the chip oh, wagon. Or... <laughs> It'll be something. There's a story there, and and we'll get it. So, uh, <laughs> what what is this margin in Barry Springwater or Madonte? Like, two votes. Is that? Oh, oh it is, too. Yeah. It's a squeaker, Jeff eh? Lehman. Again, uh, there we have uh, the mayor of Barrie running as the liberal candidate. Uh, ah. So, I mean, the, the, the local swing is, is basically Against the attorney the general, position. right? Doug Downey's the attorney two general, right? Votes. Yes, that is true. I can't remember last yeah, time I've seen a gap votes. like that. It was like two. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. Uh. It was three for a while. And that, that's still with 11 polls yet to report, to be fair. Wow. Um, that'd be funny if 11 polls later it was like one vote. I'm like, oh, <laughs> look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a good recount. Let's have a good recount some, uh, in some writing. Yeah. There will be some. There definitely will be some. What's the magic number? Is it two, well, automatic at 200? No. I can't remember. Oh, I'm not sure. I put myself on the question. spot. 
Christopher? Any yeah, idea? I thought it was a percent. Oh, it could number, be, yeah. But, but I might be wrong. I think I'm confusing municipal with uh, with the rest. I think yeah, it might be 50 vote. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. And can you request one? At, I guess so, eh? Like, you can oh, request okay. one, but there has to be... That, that, you have to be in a certain margin for a requested one. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I think. So there'll I be... Think. Yeah, there'll be a few. And are the... Uh, I'm still seeing some gray on our map here, so I, I would assume there's still some ridings that are just not, no, zero. Solo there, there are two rural ridings in southwestern Ontario where there have been no um, results reported yet. Perth-Wellington is one. The other is uh, Flamborough-Ancaster, is it? Or, or yeah. Flamborough something. Actually, there are numbers on the board for Perth-Wellington. Oh. It oh. is uh, Matthew Ray, the PC candidate, is leading, which isn't a surprise I was a PC riding before. Mm -hmm. so. And some of the uh, north. These Madden. are both safe, safe progressive conservative writings. Mm -hmm. Algoma, Manitoulin, and um, well, that too. Yes, Solomon Mack uh, was writing. I've never been able to pronounce. <laughs> no, I say I'm not even going to attempt it. What is it? Uh, I like Saul a lot. Kiwetanug, maybe. So no, that's changed, right? That was called. That was called something else. Somewhere. I, I don't know. It's not. No, it's a new writing. Oh, it's, it's a new, new writing. writing. Okay, that's why I don't recognize the name at all. Yeah. Oh, so it's just a carved out part of the north. Of Kenora at one point. Yes. Okay. Uh, split. Well, no, I think the split was Timmins James Bay, because uh, the Timmins riding um, went right up to the coast. The massive, eh? They're massive. I remember Charlie Angus saying that my riding's bigger than Europe, or something. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I have family that have like have held positions at the school board there, and I've had friends that have held positions in the school board, and you know, in, in uh, northwestern Ontario, they'll the work out of Sioux Lookout, but it's just like incredible distance that they have to travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's so much for that. What was that crap about the horse in one day or something? That I don't know. That was, yeah, right. <laughs> forget it. Not up there. <laughs> Um, by the way, as long as we're talking about um, Northern Ontario, I, I can say that uh, with the shocking defeat of Gilles Bisson in Timmins, uh, I can confirm this point now. Ted Arnott is, will be, the longest serving member of the Provincial House. Oh. Uh, wow. He's been there for 32 years and uh, has been re-elected for another term, so uh, he now has that honour. Uh, I had mentioned, by the way, the shocking nature of Gilles Bisson's defeat, uh, Nora, before you came on, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that point. That is, uh, that w that came out of nowhere. Um, he has been uh, a leading figure in the party for quite some time. I was I was very surprised at that result. So what's what's yeah, the theories up there then? What do what do you think happened? Well, I for for me. So first of all, of course, the writing as I just said, the writing has changed, right? So um, and I see the I see the other. So it was split. So there's Kiwanuk, which I think is northwestern Ontario, but then there's Mushkagowik, James Bay, and Mushkagowik, James Bay uh, was part of Timmins, uh, James Bay, right? Um, and so that's part of it, that this is not the same riding uh, as it has been for a long time. Um, but but Ford has been in Timmins, and I, I, my family's in Timmins, so I pay attention to what's going on there. Right. Uh, Ford's been there a lot. Um, mm. and, when, and when he promised to restore the Northland, no, the, the Northland, yeah. it's very surprising to me. Um, and that's that's not really a progressive conservative thing, right? Like a new uh, restore passenger rail to the North? No. Like what? But um, but people up there obviously need it and really want it. And so when he promised yeah, that yeah. and all of his visits up to Timmins, I was like, oh, okay, something up there is is, is happening. And Bissell is like, I, like I don't know if he's a very good MP MPP to be honest. Like he's kind of just like a guy that's been there for a long time, you know. He's just there, or was now. Yeah, <laughs> Needs yeah, a new job. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I would say that he, he at one point, was uh, a leading light for the NDP in Northern Ontario. I don't know if, if that's really still the case or has been the case any, uh, for, for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. That's tough turf up there, yeah. It's like... Uh, and I mean, we we should mention also with uh, the the loss of the um, part of the reading outside of Timmins, um, much of the um, uh, indigenous community that was previously in Bisson's writing would no longer have been among his electorate. Uh, he did have mm -hmm. a strong support base there. I I don't know if politics has become as polarized along racial lines or eth ethnicity lines in northeastern Ontario as it has in some parts of northwestern Ontario, but that's at least a possibility. In some parts of the northwest around Kenora, Rainy River, that location, increasingly the NDP has become the party of indigenous communities, whereas the um, progressive conservatives have become, at the, at the provincial level, more the party of persons of European background. Um, so um, that there could be an aspect of this playing out in Timmins as well. I, I don't know that for a fact, though, and I, I don't want to state that with confidence, that that's what's happening. Well, also, like, you know, Howard Hampton's from... Uh Kenora Rainy River, right? Mm -hmm. Howard Hampton mm -hmm. for a long time was a leader of the party. I, I was born in Rainy River, I should say that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but um, among white people out in Rainy River, I mean, that's that's where you're going to get the, the people like Lynn Bay Bayak, right? The residential school denying senator. Oh, yeah. um, and her her daughter-in-law is a, is a donor to the Freedom Convoy. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of really far-right religious sentiment out there um, especially among white people. And so you're going to have a bit of a tension, I think, um, between e like, you know, even the newer uh, right wing parties and the conservatives. And then, yeah, um, a longer, uh, more traditional support for the NDP that um, that was personified in someone like Howard Hampton. Mm -hmm. What just out of curiosity, what happened to Howard Hampton? Like where he's what is he? I don't know. He's just gone because he was. Yeah. He's letter to pasture. Oh, to pass right. I, I heard. That Don't he show your to face get a around here, Manitoba Howard. Hydro. Um, but oh, what, he was a bit of an. I remember reading his book on that, so he's a bit of a, an expert. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, that would have been conditional on the NDP holding power in Manitoba. So, mm. uh, and and a certain branch of the NDP as well. The the Manitoba NDP was pretty divided uh, about a decade ago. I, I if that was his ambition, it didn't quite work out. Otherwise, uh, he's mostly just been retired. Um, I can report that the independent candidate we were referring to earlier, Bobby Ann Brady, has now been declared elected in Haldeman, Norfolk. Wow, so, that's unbelievable. Hmm. One of a number of, of surprises at the at the local level um, tonight. Uh, nearby, by the way, um, Niagara Center, uh, the former writing of Peter Cormos. People thought that the progressive conservatives uh, were potentially going to win this one tonight. Well, they still might, but the, at the moment, the NDP are leading. Um, oh. Jeff Birch is holding on uh, there. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's still, still two in Barry. Still two separating the top two candidates. Wow. Yeah, no, no more polls reported there for a while. Well, I see. Interestingly, in Glengarry Prescott Russell, which I was watching just because of um, Amanda Smach, who was the she was the conservative candidate that got elected in the last election, and then she defected to the uh, to the Liberals. Um, she's losing, and it looks like she's. Oh, it's still only forty-five percent uh, of polls reporting, but I mean, it's, she's she's losing by a margin of sixteen hundred votes to Stevan Sarhazy. So that's kind of interesting in the uh, for the a loss of the liberals there. Mm -hmm. uh, one uh, 
writing uh, that I um, might want to report uh, from downtown Toronto, in fact, Toronto Centre, people thought the Liberals might take this one from Kristen Wong Tam. Not so. She has been re-elected. Right. Mm. So... Mm. Um, in fact, uh, I mean, a number of writings where the NDP were seen as losing incumbents, they've managed to hold on. Uh, Oshawa, they're, they're currently, they're, it's, uh, the incumbent there, Jennifer French, has not been declared re-elected, but she is still in the lead. Um, right. And there are only two polls left there as well. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say she has the advantage. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, the NDP have lost seats. Um, I do think Andrea Horvath by her own volition as much as by the force of events or or party pressure will step down um but this is not as bad of a night for the ndp as as people were projecting some people were projecting say as it is for the liberals right oh too i think i don't know yes i agree but for them to lose northern ontario seats and all of brampton is not insignificant Mm -hmm. (laughs) no brampton's especially and two in windsor uh, yeah and two Windsor, and then also they're losing beaches east East York. Um, so and uh, Hamilton, not, Stony and, Creek, and, and, yeah, oh. yeah, right. That's a few. Yeah, that's, oh, Kate wow. Dupuy defeated in beaches east York by Mary Margaret McMahon. Um, yeah, Mary oh, Margaret close, McMahon. Actually. Mary Margaret McMahon was a, a longtime city councillor, so it's not yeah, also yeah. very surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the end of the day, the Liberals have expanded. You know, it's it's not the result they wanted, obviously, but, um, you know, it it has been I mean, they're also trying to rebuild from just being utterly and completely decimated. Adam, they're at nine seats. Stop making this sound like it's any sort of victory for them. This is is horrible. Okay, lads, come on. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, if you walk off the battlefield and you still got your arms and your legs, even if you lost, you're not doing too bad. It's the the Monty Python approach. This is is way below what the liberals were hoping for. If all your insides are still on the inside, and you're walking off the battlefield. Just but a scratch. It's yes, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, oh, but but here's something important that I just noticed. I I just caught this now. The liberals are slightly ahead of the new, of the new Democrats in the popular vote. Mm, interesting. Um, very very marginally, and that could still change. But uh, vote wise, they are still in second place. This puts a little bit of an asterisk beside um, the position of the NDP as the most likely government in waiting. But just to refresh it, there, what, what's the percentage again? Adam was talking about there. It's like it's low, like super low, like oh, ridiculous for turnout. Or yeah, yeah. Or, I, I, or... Sorry, I haven't been able to find any turnout numbers on my uh, feed here. But it, it's all it's all it's all listed by writing. But I mean, it has gotten better. Like to go to our writing, it's now up to forty seven point eight eight percent. Still though, I mean, seventy six like... out of eighty six reporting. I mean, and. That's that's still really bad, but it, at least it isn't the 30 of, of an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> the small victories. <laughs> that's, that's getting chipped at every election, though, right? Like, sure. Soon enough. Folks, to- I'm going to take off. I have Thank- another Zoom to get to, but I you- hope that that was, um, I hope that folks have enjoyed my little commentary. <laughs> really appreciate well, you well, joining I've us, Nora. It. Good. Good, good, good. Well, and then, you, Nora. Well, take care of that foot, all right? Your- Oh my god, I am off it for a couple of days now. So, a little soak, uh, give us a soak. Yeah, some yeah, all the way. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See Thanks, ya. Nora. Thanks. Bye. That was Nora Loretto, who was covering the uh, Ontario provincial election for the Maple, which I was new to the Maple. I didn't really know anything about it, and uh, of course, from Sandy Nora's podcast, SandyNora.com. And it's always a pleasure. I, I think it calls for one of these. 
Nora definitely gets the, that horn like just every day and every time she's here. So <laughs> fantastic. And being sort of from local local roots, all the Rainy River, not local, but uh, formative years in Georgetown, not unlike somebody else on the team. So yeah, except she went uh, she went to EC Drury. It sounds like uh, <laughs> I remember I, you guys talking about the rifle schools last time. With that. She I, went to I, Drury. Yeah, EC Drury. Hey, the first third party premier of Ontario. Let's not be too harsh. <laughs> well, and didn't well, he? Have I got a right? He lived to... on camp. Is that his house on campus? No. Okay, it has nothing to do oh, well, with the, it has nothing to do with the premier. It's the fact that she had to get on the bus to go to Catholic High School in Milton right. instead of going to GDHS and the separate school board like the freaking rest of us. Sorry, that's the point. George Drew, it's Drew Hall on campus. I'm confusing my okay. Drew versus Drury. So both of them were premiers at, at different points yeah. in time. Uh, and was it? Drury, it's obviously not there Missouri. anymore. But wasn't the I, I hate to say this, but it was called the Deaf School in Milton was Drury, right? EC Drury. For, for what? But How's that for local trivia? It doesn't matter. Old premiers, who cares? We got a new, well, not a new one, but a slightly recycled one in uh, Doug Ford. Who's declaring it? Of the three of us, feel free. Go ahead. Because. D- declaring what? What are we declaring? We haven't done an official declaration of who won the election yet, Adam. Oh, I, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> it's obvious that Doug Ford has won. Actually, you know, it's more than obvious because I'm starting to get press releases from different corners. Uh, Unifor <laughs> urges members to keep up the fight after another Ford majority. So, like, we're already getting the. the oh, yeah. Step in now, Unifor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ontario Nurses Association will continue to fight for better health care. So it's, um, I mean, the the uh, begun these Clone Wars have, I guess. Um, well, and that's that is probably something. And I don't mean just unions. Some they'd have to see more of is let's call it the extra political stepping up because mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, there will be more of the same. And also, people coming out to vote needs to change and another thing i i will say for people who are feeling like a bit let, let's say down on their luck looking at 82 pc seats um doug ford has proved himself and the pcs have proved themselves to be fairly malleable so far as policy goes if you think about like the the mzo for the uh, the Amazon warehouse that was pulled. The um, the the gas plant or not the gas plant the gas the glass factory in Stratford and that was originally supposed to be in Guelph, Hermosa that ended up being pulled. Uh, things like cutting municipal funding like halfway through the municipal fiscal year in their in their first budget that w- that ended up being restored. Things like you know as I said earlier, amalgamating the the public health associations that was called off. I, I, I'm not saying that public pressure will make the Ford government do what you want if you're an NDP or liberal or green voter or what have you. Mm-hmm. But pu- this this is a government that has proven it's maybe a little less after today at 82 seats, but it has proven itself in the past to be susceptible to public pressure um, when when properly and thoroughly applied. So, yeah. I mean... It's like, th- don't make us look bad and don't make me have to say anything about it in public because I need a teleprompter. Right. So, yeah. Right, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Now, here's, uh, here's a, a kind of impish statement I could make, and I'd, I'd like to see your responses to this. <laughs> Is perhaps the biggest winner of tonight's election Justin Trudeau? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, 
I, I don't think he. Well, I was about to say, I was like, I don't think he cares either way. Um, oh, he does. He does. <laughs> he would not want to see a liberal government in power provincially in Ontario. Well, I think I, I think it does. I, honestly, I don't think it matters to him. I mean, because he's proved he can work with Doug Ford. Doug Ford isn't the big bad that he used to be. Um, I mean, they practically did a campaign event together before the writs were drawn up. So I I, 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 again, in terms of politicians being like Machiavelli plotters on their, in, in their war room with the globe map printed on on the floor, I, I again, that, that does not, that's not, that's not Justin Trudeau country. <laughs> well, maybe not him himself, but his his advisors, uh, I, I sure. think probably might be in that sure. realm. Uh, uh, whenever I say Justin Trudeau, we can. You know, you can assume I mean the people who actually make decisions for him. I mean, at the end of the um, day, but, it's possible that Doug Ford is like this Magneto figure. And I'm, I mean the comic book Magneto, where it's like sometimes Magneto is your friend and sometimes Magneto is your arch nemesis. Uh, this is an X-Men metaphor. So, I mean, I, I think from that point of view, if we're talking like strategic thinking, I think that's probably a fair assessment. I thought you were leaning towards Poral. Poor. Mm, my goodness. It's late. <laughs> polarity but uh yeah that's uh but yeah i know who magneto is magneto but uh, i think yeah. i've seen it in a couple of places it has been suggested that the federal conservatives should take some notes about this and also like even going back as far as the as far as so long ago the previous election of doug ford and how to uh how to get your conservative government in. Uh, there's some lessons there. I don't know if Tanaik is going to end up working on the f- next Fed campaign, whatever that is, but that's T- Corey Tanaik who worked on the um, Harper campaign oh, yeah. in those days as well. And that's some of the tactics and techniques that we've seen, uh, especially not speaking to the media and shutting certain people out. Um <laughs> has held fast through this one as well. Now it's it's not exclusive to that too, but it's like I, if if the if the federal <laughs> if the federal conservative see Polyev, who keeps being touted as the contender as the leader, I don't know can they can they turn him into a, a Ford style character? I've got a feeling he's not even, he's not going to listen as closely as Doug Ford seems to. Well, they turned Ford into a Ford style character, so Ford, yeah. <laughs> or caricature. I don't know. I think uh, Ford Motor Company should sue them. I don't know how many times I've seen the logo with, with Doug Ford around it. It's like th- they should just sue his ass, really. Um, uh, going back to my original question, I, I was looking at this more just in, in narrow political terms of uh, the fact that having a conservative government in Toronto usually benefits a liberal government in Ottawa. For sure. Um, that, that's been the case for uh, close to a century now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For, for the better part of most of a century. Um, people tend to um, not in Ontario at least, um, always vote the same party at different levels. And there is a tradition, if the Conservatives are in power provincially, of not putting them in power federally. Uh, it doesn't work all the time. I, I think that Justin Trudeau's chances of re-election have increased um, as a result of what has happened tonight. And uh, If he decides to run. Well, if unless there's a replacement there. That's always a possibility as well. Um, uh, and frankly, if the Liberals uh, end up with a smarter candidate, uh, and how could they not if they replace Trudeau uh, next time around, um, that could work to their advantage even more. Um, Sick burn. So, yeah. 
Um, I just want to point out, because uh, I've been watching sort of the victory and, and non-victory speeches. So we're on to Stephen Del Duca now um, with <laughs> appropriately even like sort of pathetically smaller crowd than Andrea Horvath. But uh, in, in the, the Doug Ford victory speech, uh, talk about super spreader event. Uh, nobody's wearing a mask. Doug Ford wades out into the crowd on his way out. Um, everybody's sort of packed in like sardines. Um, not a great look even after everything, but this should not be a political issue. People. I mean, even Mm. if the, uh, you know, medical masks aren't perfect, they still, um, reduce the contagion and they could save lives. This, this really should not be an ideological thing. It shouldn't, but yeah, I can't believe he didn't get it. I can't believe he didn't have it. I firmly believe that he may have had it. I don't know. It's just like, oh, Doug. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, I mean, he had, he, he did have it. He had it last year. Um, just like Prince Andrew has it now. Eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Two cheers for COVID. <laughs> What's that? I said two cheers for COVID. <laughs> two cheers. For COVID. But I, when you so, said Prince uh, Prince Andrew has it, brother. So I am looking at the time. It is, it is Prince Andrew, right? Not Prince Edward, right? right. Andrew, Andrew right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I I don't have anything against Prince Edward. Prince Edward, just just for clarity. <laughs> oh, I do. But anyway, let's not talk well, about that. Uh, not not to the same level. Ah, uh, yeah. So anyway, what were you going to say, Adam A. Donaldson <laughs> of Golf Politico? <laughs> I'm looking at the time, and it's quarter to eleven. Um, yes. So uh, Guelph now has 95% of polls reporting. Uh, Mike Schreiner is still the MPP. 18,409. Oh, it just went up. 18,525 votes. 54.58% of the vote. That is, um, I mean, that is over 50% uh, in a seven-person field. So pretty good. Uh, Peter McSherry, just over 11,000 votes for just over 20%. Um, it couldn't even get to the 14,000 that we were talking about earlier. Um, Rochelle Devereaux comes in third with 7,182 votes, 13.25%. And James Parr with 4,326, or just a little under 8% of the vote. And Will Lomker of the New Blue, just over 1,600 votes, a little less than 3% of the vote, if uh, you're keeping track of how uh, how powerful the New Blue is. Interestingly... Uh, in Cambridge, Belinda Caraholius got a little less than 4,000 votes. So, um, you know, between, I, I guess, I don't know what point I was making there, but uh, so, yeah, that's... It's like they're sort of there, but they're not in the basement, right? Is that... Sort of there, yeah. It's I, I, I'm, I'm going back to Barry Springwater, Oro, um, and Dante. Uh, Doug Downey is now in the lead with just a little under 400 votes. There's still six polls left to come in so uh that's i mean that that's interesting oh and also I mean, should mention winita burnett communist party 246 mm-hmm. and paul taylor yeah, paul none taylor. of the above direct democracy party i didn't know about that part uh at mm-hmm. 198 mm-hmm. so that's the full slate right that's you did miss those two didn't you it's getting late on well i i did miss them but like it's it i i didn't it's a little marginal is what i'll say it's it did it's not that they no anyway. but they were our yeah, guests they, they were our guests so i they thought we'd guests, give them a shout enough. out for you know yeah give them a shout out but yeah, yeah so. mcsherry although mcsherry was not he's in second place he was our, our guest in back in march well and that's the thing I, though I, they 
they need to fix that, right? Uh, do they honestly think if he... Do they need to fix it? They, well, they no, it's, no, I'm saying, well, they should <laughs> fix it because it's like... Oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna let it go. I think. I mean, they don't care. They they didn't care. They did one twelve. Um, I mean, it was it's it's a Mike Schreiner victory. It didn't go to the Liberals or the NDP. So I mean, I think that the conservatives can consider that a win. It doesn't sure. Necessarily don't say anything good. and get second place. It's that it, is it pretty good. I mean, it didn't reflect good. That the basic. I mean, on the other hand, there were they did send Paul Calandra and Monty McNaughton to twelve to help bolster McSherry. Um, in in sort of these public events, but I mean, at the same time. Um, it, it, he does sort of feel like a sacrifice because he he couldn't do anything to bolster his own local campaign. But I mean, having said that, he still gets to eleven thousand votes without, but just by door knocking or or whatever. So it's called not wasting money on a seat that you're not going to win anyway. Well, that's true. Well, there, there's but not I mean, wasting money, but then like as I said before, filling out the questionnaire. I mean, is it really that hard? Even if it was just like staple answers from the book. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> You're not even trying. So, they anyway. Yeah, they were not trying. That is true. Yeah, you know, I always I mean, get pissy when people don't come by. Right? We know this, right? It's like I can't control it. Speaking of, uh but they were trying at one point. That's the thing is like he was he was nominated last summer um, and he was doing community stuff. He came on our show back in March. It felt yep. like they were actually and then the election happens and just nothing. I think I think that's and, and I mentioned this in, in the thing I wrote for 12 today last week. It's like, what are like local conservative supposed to conservative supporters supposed to feel? I mean, I guess. Yeah, they're probably happy that the now 83 seats, but. That's uh, Flamborough suddenly declaring. That was one of the three seats that still hadn't. Uh, uh, right. But, I mean, you know, how are you supposed to feel as a, as a local conservative supporter that, you know, your candidate was essentially invisible through most of the campaign? Just, just these are just thoughts. I know. So part of the rap, John mm -hmm. Trammell, independent in Brantford Brant, 154, 0.3% mm -hmm. of the vote. Beating his mm -hmm. uh, own Guinness record uh, for most times defeated in an election. Mm-hmm any election um I, I would recommend again being cautious if you ever have him on the show um, <laughs> well it wouldn't be live that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, i've already been greased out by him once online uh, he must he must like troll comments pages to find himself yeah learn, uh, learn as much as possible as the about the letts system and uh, oh yeah the, the social credit movement in Ontario. the abolitionist yeah, party was that or what he he led a party called the abolitionist party of yeah. canada in yeah. 1993 like the floppy um, disk was their logo i remember and uh, it had to do with uh, abolishing uh, Bank of Canada interest rates, was it? Or, or what, am I a little bit off center with? It uh, was that, along that, the that lines of like a, a community. What the, like the let system, as you said, his main focus was. It, it sounds like it could have been early crypto, kind of right. It's like, oh no, we're not going to use that monetary system. We're going to make up our own. The Greens went to it for a while. Green dollars, right? It was like, well, let's have a separate economy that just runs on green dollars. There was one in Guelph that was actually quite widely used for a time. But yeah, anyway, so that's... That's no way to talk about Mondex. No, no, I'm talking about green... The Guelph, <laughs> what was it called? Gets? Or... It doesn't matter. I, don't get, I, don't I get still have one. I have one in my drawer with all the other currencies of the world. <laughs> a Guelph green so, dollar. Some of, the, so. uh, 
some of the history of movements like Let's has its uh, roots in less savory things. Uh, there, there's uh, like I, black marketeering. <laughs> well, I, I was actually thinking. Uh, anti-Semitic beliefs about bankers. Uh, oh! But, um, I'm not saying that that's inherent to the Let's system. I'm saying that some people came to it via that route. Um, anyway. Uh, well, they suck. The, well, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, that's my Oshawa. Yeah. Oshawa, uh, there, was, there were predictions of the PCs taking this one. Jennifer French has won it for the NDP. Okay. Um... Uh, that one was just declared. Uh, any, any. Uh, I guess if we're doing a wrap up, uh, we can uh, do another uh, wrap up of the big picture. Uh, PCs leading or elected, mostly at this point elected in eighty three seats. Uh, the NDP in twenty nine. There are still two seats in Northern Ontario that have not yet declared. Uh, one of them is Algoma Manitoulin, and the NDP are likely to win that one. Uh, the other is one where the NDP are also probably going to win. It's uh, the one in the uh, northwestern corner. Um, I've, I've not memorize the name for it as of yet uh, uh, either, no, uh, no. I believe is uh, how that or Kiwetanung I, I apologize Salma Mack was on my list of <clears throat> people to talk to so uh, I will ask him most likely the NDP will end up with 31 seats if these numbers hold up yeah. um, li uh, liberals stuck at 8 mm -hmm. virtually everyone was expecting they'd at least you know get some more seats than they did last time. This is a horrible result from them in terms of seat totals. Now, they might, again, the numbers might change a little bit. They're, they're currently behind in Barrie. They might pull ahead there as well as, as the night goes on. Um, but one way or the other, um, this is above expectations for the NDP, well below for the Liberals uh, in terms of how well they were going to do. Mm. Everyone was kind of expecting a Tory victory, but uh, but in terms of the way that, that the balance works out. Uh, it's definitely favored one party more than the other. Uh, Greens uh, did not get the second seat. Perry Sal Muskoka mm -hmm. uh, went to the Progressive Conservatives and uh, University Rosedale to, I believe, the NDP. Yes, the NDP. Um, uh, the Greens are still at one seat. Mike Schreiner comfortably re-elected here. Uh, someone whom I have no problem uh, saying is a very popular lo local figure <coughs> whose popularity uh, well transcends party lines. But he'll still be alone uh, for the Green Party at Queen's Park. Uh, and the one independent also um, in Haldeman Norfolk uh, elected, uh, apparently as an independent conservative for all intents and purposes. I guess uh, she and Mike Schreiner will be um, uh, seated close to each other. They'll have a chance to talk about a number of uh, things in terms of... Uh, <laughs> that's maybe, maybe Mike I, can convince her to join the Green Party, although I think that I, seems kind of unlikely. I'm glad you said that because I think in the back of Mike Schreiner's head tonight is, at least I may be sitting there alone, but I won't have to sit next to Kara Holios or Roman Baber or Rick Nichols or <laughs> <laughs> going down the list of some of the people yeah. he's been sitting oh, he's, next to yeah. these last few years. Those, um, those yeah, the Tory outcasts. Of, of so I mean, I think I think I think the, the air at the back end of uh, the the, the legislature is going to be a little better for Mike. <laughs> just to just to put a smile on this. <laughs> so do you think uh, everyone, all the parties, are going to have campaign songs next time, or was that a one-off? <laughs> I got to tell you that only Doug can get it done. That was freaking catchy. It's in well, my head well, it all the time. was yeah, it was insidiously catchy. So, but I, I obviously was going I've been around singing. Around going, 
Only duck can get it done. So, so it's, it, worked it works then. Yeah. It works. It works. I didn't, it didn't make me vote. But I was like, only if your but... name is Galen Weston. But, you know, I had my own take <laughs> every time. <laughs> I mean, that's you want to talk about people who are happy tonight, Christopher? I think probably Galen Weston is among them. Mm. Yeah. Shopper Drug Mart got a lock on our private health care. But well, I guess that's maybe a topic for another day. We've only got seven minutes to go. Uh, oh, and by the way, just a, a quick programming note. Uh, Forever Deaf will be heard in its entirety tonight. It will just start one hour later than usual. So uh, at the station, um, if we were at the station, I, I would tell the person there uh, to queue up uh, Forever Deaf uh, for the 10 p.m. file, even though it's running at 11. It'll just run, again, an hour later than usual. The, four, the full four hours will be heard isn't it's a robot right now isn't it yeah i, know. I was I in touch hypothetically I, if i did the i did the handshake the old school with a robot you know that, that modem sound that no one no one know we know it the kids have no idea what we go through to get this on the air remotely but you know it's it, it happened you did a handshake with a robot you know the handshake protocol that we need you need to find that sound effect, Adam, for your collection because it should that, be an elbow bump these days, of course. That is an elbow bump, yes. For for the modem, you mean? Yeah, the handshake. The sound it was, when I was a technician, it was called a handshake, and you. Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> In nineteen dickety six. It's pretty much dickety level stuff. Yeah, getting closer. Getting closer. Hold on, anyway. Hold on we're connecting. Nah. Oh no! If the if the robot hears that, then uh, you know Forever Deaf will only be eight hours long. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> it uh, if there's one bit I love uh, when it's on is that is the you're never ready for it, and then it's Forever Deaf. It's not hard to tell we're getting towards the end of the night. Isn't it? You can tell it's getting it's getting punchy in here. So yeah, some of us got to work tomorrow, but that's actually we're all working tomorrow. We've all got things to yeah. do, and tomorrow will be the. Uh, I take it next week, uh, Adam, our uh, chief assignment editor, will be doing our full election wrap up uh, Thursdays at five p.m. in our normal slot. Oh my goodness! Like there's so. I mean, that's the thing. The last couple of weeks is like there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. like, there's still that war in Ukraine. There's there's the election stuff. There was uh, a celebrity trial in Virginia that is oh, yeah. making everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's turning everyone yeah. into monsters. And oh my goodness! I mean, there's stuff on the federal side. Uh, Bill C eighteen. It's uh, there's there's so much so much news for us to cover. And in, in terms of shows these days, Christopher, what's uh, what say you? What's going on? Well, actually, I, I would encourage people to, uh, when they tune in to Open Sources Guelph next week, uh, as they should every week, to uh, <laughs> keep their radio tuned to CFRU afterward for a great new show called Turtle Island Underground, which is running mm -hmm. from uh, 6 to 7 on Thursdays. Uh, this is hosted by an individual named Mac. He uh, got involved with uh, CFRU initially before the pandemic and uh, uh, then ended up working at a different station for a bit. Uh, he's uh, volunteering with us now. Uh, it's um, focused on um, music by new and uh, emergent artists from the uh, Indigenous community in Canada, hence the name Turtle Island Underground, and uh, it is a fantastic program. People should definitely uh, tune into that one. Well, that's uh, and of course, afterward, we have uh, the, the Crooked Beat rebroadcast, mm -hmm. uh, which are, are, are still being played in honor of the legacy of Nick Taylor, a.k.a. Nikki Dredd, a longtime station volunteer who tragically uh, died earlier this year um 
And sorry, not no. to toot my own horn, but it'll save an email. Can I? Uh, is my pilot running sometime oh, this week? <laughs> yes, uh, I didn't send you the email on that on that point because uh, I I actually had today as uh, a, a wellness day, which is an internal station term. But uh, oh, excellent, good uh, for you. I can I can confirm uh, that I will be running um, an interview that uh, our own Scotty uh, recorded with the group Tragedy Anne uh, duo, technically not a group, uh, tomorrow at five. <laughs> PM. Oh, okay, uh, it's five tomorrow. Five thirty. Excellent. So, but and I can I can run it again at uh, some point thereafter. Um, it doesn't need to be just a one-time thing. And hopefully, my production um, numbers will keep up. But we'll, we'll see. By the way, uh, do you want some kind of interesting? Not maybe not trivia, but uh, just an interesting fact. Uh, from the election in Ontario provincially that took place in 1971, so that's 51 years ago. Two of the major three party leaders are still alive. Wow. Robert Nixon of the Liberals and Stephen Lewis of the NDP, both still alive. And, of course, Bill Davis, um, the the voice of uh, reasonable conservatism uh, for so many years, including after he retired as, as Premier, unfortunately died a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other two um, party leaders from that occasion, Robert Nixon and uh, Stephen Lewis, are, are still with us. It, uh, it uh, is uh, a remarkable thing. Fifty-one years later, maybe it's a testament to our healthcare system. Who knows? But uh, um, the um, for for all the uh, the uh, trouble it has sometimes faced. Um, well, so well. On that note, uh, Christopher, we're down to a minute, and I. You know, need to tell the robot to start forever deaf on time. So I just want to do a bit of a wrap. You've been listening to Election Ontario 2022 Radio. Very pleased to have been joined by Adam A. Donaldson, Guelph Politico, end credits, and all that stuff. And our uh, our chief uh, <laughs> chief sign editor, our producer, uh, Christopher Curry. I need. To, I really need to shut her down because I'm, I'm i'm getting punchy and i gotta climb up on the roof and undo all that cable so yeah just call thank, me the grammar police and that's fine thank yeah <laughs> grammar police down. okay crew thanks for that we'll do uh we'll unpack things a bit later and in yep. five i always wanted to say it's 11 o'clock do you know what's going on it's time for forever deaf